What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Ajack, and this is the Art of Health podcast. All right, so this is a this is a serious podcast, um, serious subject matter. I generally try to avoid being overtly political. You guys that have followed me a long time know this. I'm not one to want to be a political figure. Um, obviously, we can always argue that everyone's political, and I am political because. I stand for, uh, let's say, masculinity or traditional values, or I support certain people, and all that's true. You really can't avoid being politicized, but obviously I'm not trying to be a political player in regards to politics. Um, Prefacing aside, I've been asked a whole bunch the past two days about what do I think of the current situation in the United States with the rioting, with the social breakdown, uh, just with with the chaos, like what's my perspective on all of, it, all of it? What do I think of it? And I don't have an easy answer to give. Um, and I got to ask this a lot on a Twitter, uh, not Twitter, but uh, Instagram AMA I did as well. So I decided to make a podcast about it. And this does not provide any answers, but hopefully this gives you guys some perspective on just how did this kind of situation happen where the U.S. is in chaos right now? And it's been going on for a full 48 and going to 72 hours. Um, so, I mean, where do I start with this? I think the first basic premise to start with is that the United States has been culturally decaying for a long time. So that's the first kind of factor to this. What does cultural decay mean? It means that culture in regards to the social norms, values, ethics, shared beliefs that keep a culture together and cohesive, that keep it woven, those things have disappeared. People in the United States do not have shared values anymore. Now, that's partly partisan, which it's like a red state, blue state kind of issue, Um, but it's also very deeply ideological. You have segments of the U.S. population who, let's say, are hyper-progressive left-wing, who fundamentally believe that they have a moral high ground and that they are the right ones, they're on the right side of history, and that the other side of the people, the uh, racist, alt-right Trump supporter, Nazis, those people are evil, and they should be killed. So you have this partisan divide, and that's part of the cultural decay. You also have basic things like in regards to, let's just say, you know, sexual behavior. You know, do you think it's good that kids should be taught about uh, anal sex in school and encouraged to uh, explore sexuality as part of their sex ed curriculum? Yeah, that's a minor point, but it shows, again, like there's a gap. There's people that are against that. There's people that, for, that are for that. You have things like gun control. You have things like um, abortion. You have things like even taxes. You know, do, do, should we create a uh, more of a socialist state, or should we have government, uh, government programs that are funded by taxpayer dollars? Should we not? You have all these basic political things that 10, 20 years ago were certainly points of argument, but they would not have been points of conflict, but now they're points of conflict. And all of these are emblematic of a culture that's decayed. There's very few things that are shared in regards to what we all believe in. Uh, Even something like free speech has come under fire. Second Amendment, obviously, has come under fire. So there's been cultural decay. I think that's an easy idea that people can accept, and there's thousands of examples of decay that you can find. Um, Then you also have racial divide, and the racial divide is what it is. Is racism in the United States real? 100% it absolutely is. Um, I don't think that arguing against that is a point or an argument that's built upon sound premises. Are black people unfairly targeted by law enforcement in many cases? 
Yes, you can find many, 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 many examples of disproportionate violence used against black Americans, 100%. Are black people incarcerated at a higher rate? Yes, 100%. That's an incontrovertible fact. Do they commit more crimes? 100%. That's an incontrovertible fact. Are there racial issues in the United States that are driven by people's, let's say, skin color? And I'm not talking about whether this racism, whether it's founded, whether it's based upon differences in IQ or differences in socioeconomic background or differences in, you know, let's just say education. I'm just saying that there are clear, there's a clear amount of racial friction in the United States and there are certain subjects that are very difficult to talk about. Is that present? Yes, 100%. Does that affect people's attitude towards society? Yes, 100%. Are there people that think the United States is a racist society? Yes, 100%. Is that all Americans? No, but it's certainly a significant enough percentage that they are very vocal about it. Okay, so we also have, you know, on top of that, we have cultural Marxism. You know, what, you know, what's the sort of basis of cultural Marxism? It's a culture that eats each other. So you have class warfare. The United States is an intensely classist society. Is there a very large gap between the rich and the poor? Yes, 100%. Have the rich gotten richer and the poor gotten poorer over the last 40 years? Yes, 100%. Has the middle class you know, lost, um, has the middle class basically declined in size and in, in buying power and economic affluence? Yes, 100%. Okay, so like we can, you know, these are acceptable ideas, hopefully. You're li- hopefully you're listening to this and you're like, you're nodding along, like, okay, like there's, here's a factor, here's a factor, here's a factor. All of these are their own podcasts, their own discussions. You could Google any of these things and come up with a thousand different um, search results. I'm not the first person to talk about this, but these are just things that I see happening. Like you, you guys had asked for my perspective on this. Here, here, all things are shaping my perspective. So we got cultural decay. We have racial divide. We have Marxism. We also have predatory capitalism. Are large companies shafting the common man? Yes, 100%. Has corporate America gotten richer at the expense of paying people less? Yes, 100%. Has the buying power of the dollar gone down while CEO pay has massively gone up? Yes, 100%. Do companies exploit, do, do companies exploit conflict for profit? Yes, 100%. The United States has a culture that worships money. We don't like to criticize capitalism because if you do that, that means you're, you're communist. At the same time, capitalism is held up as the highest good. It's held up as a sort of like moral system. Capitalism created the modern world. Yes, it did. Is capitalism without problems? No, it's not. The United States has a culture of greed. It absolutely does. Has Have small businesses declined in the United States? Yes, 100%. Have globo corporations taken over America and many uh, communities and cities? Yes, 100%. Have, have companies like Amazon put people out of business? Yes, 100%. Do monopolies like Google control entire markets or Facebook? Yes, 100%. Okay, so we have predatory capitalism. Let's accept that. Let's keep going. Has the modern media operated as an enemy of social cohesion? I think so. I don't think that's me to really argue against. Since Trump got elected, how many talking heads on Twitter and on CNN and newspapers, how many people have spoken about the idea of civil unrest? How many people have spoken out against Trump supporters? How many people have made how many people have taken positions calling for class warfare or calling for shaming or calling for doxing? How many politicians have promoted the idea that, that people that support Trump need to be outed and shamed? How many articles have been written 
pointing to, pointing to this divide and paying the other side as the enemy. The modern media today in the United States is, in, is intensely leftist. It's progressive. It's run largely by large corporations. And it has a very strong bias. That bias has been to the detriment of social order. So there's that factor. Is there any way to argue against that? I don't think there is. I think that's a pretty acceptable idea. Okay. So, you know, to keep, you know, to kind of add these things up, we got decay, we got cultural decay, we got racial divide, we got cultural Marxism, we got predatory capitalism, we got the media that is basically amplifying all these problems. We have no shared values, as I pointed out. We also have the situation of the lockdown. We've had the lockdown for the past three months. People have lost their jobs. People have lost their homes. People have lost all sense of social stability. They've been told to stay inside. What do you expect that to do to people? That their energy is going to go nowhere? That they're going to feel safe? They're going to feel taken care of? Many, 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 many people on both the left and the right have felt conned by the entire current situation. They feel like it's all been a big scam. There's also massive anger against governance, against inept governance. There's a lack of leadership. Depending upon what state you live in, you might have been absolutely fucked by your governor. So you're angry. And then on top of all of this, we live in a society of hyperreality. So what's hyperreality? Hyperreality, I'm going to go on a little bit of a philosophical tangent. Hyperreality is a concept by uh, Jean Baudrillard, if I'm probably mispronouncing his name. He was a French postmodern philosopher, and his, his basic idea is this. That this is the really simple idea. Hyperreality is a society in which objects matter more than subjects. What does that mean? It means you're living in a society in which the truth is difficult to find because we are controlled by signs and symbols. We're controlled by bullshit. Easy example is something like Instagram. People bullshit their lives on Instagram. So Instagram's like a simulation of a real life. It's not actually your life. We also see in the media that stories will be written that are completely untrue, and they're based upon bullshit. But then those stories get accepted as fact. And then people's beliefs about the world get built upon those simulations of truth that are based on falsehoods. And Scott Adams, he doesn't quite use that framing, but he references oftentimes in the two-movie theory where... You kind of have two sides of the United States. You have people that have an aspirational positive view. You have people that have a fundamentally negative view. And they can look at the same situation. They have completely different takes. And for two movies to even come... For the two-movie theory to even be operational, it requires a hyper-reality society. It requires a society in which you have to question everything as whether it's true or false because you don't know. We're a society of objects. We're a society of simulation. We see this online with social media. You can get on Twitter, and the world could be ending. You get off Twitter, you realize that your regular life might be quite stable. And this is oftentimes, you know, uh, for people that use Twitter, this is a common sort of uh, observation that, you know, Twitter tends to be very exaggerated. It's hyperbolized. Because most people are not on Twitter. Or, you know, the majority of people are not on Twitter, but enough people are on Twitter for Twitter to be influential. Yeah, so Twitter kind of leads the charge in a way as to being the sort of like hyper reality environment where everything's terrible, everything's going, you know, everything's going badly, and then you get off Twitter, you're like, okay, it's not the same situation, you know, where I'm at, or that's actually not the situation in real reality, but that's the situation hyper reality. Um, and I'm making, I'm very vastly oversimplifying this theory. There's entire books written about this, 
but we live in the society of hyperreality. So now we have these things like riots. We start, you know, so we have the riots. We have the situation that happened with uh, Mr. George Floyd. And that video gets broadcast across the internet. And it garners a whole bunch of reactions. And you have all the factors I just talked about for the last 10 minutes that all pile up on each other. And people are exploding about it. And they all have their take on why it happened. They all have a perspective. And then on top of all this, the one thing I haven't mentioned is that you have bad actors. You have things like Antifa. You have people that hate the United States. You have people that want to destroy the system. And they've been fomented by all of the other things I talked about. And they use this as a chance. This is an opportunity. They use this as a chance to further their own agenda. So you have these competing agendas. You have these competing narratives. You have these competing stories. And all this takes place in this hyper-reality world, and now it's spilled out into the real world. So you have these riots going on. What's happening with the riots? Who's doing them? Is it, is it protesters? Yeah, some of it's protesters. What about the people destroying things? Is that the protesters? Uh, apparently that's a lot of it's Antifa. Those aren't black people destroying their own communities. That's white people coming in and blowing shit up. How'd that happen? Well, all the things I just talked about. Well, why is this happening? All the things I just talked about. Well, what's the answer? There's no answer. You're seeing multiple narratives take place. You're seeing what happens when there's multiple movies being played and there's multiple people that want to vie for power and there's multiple groups that have agendas and all of it's coming together and culminating. And the result is chaos. And there is no truth. There is no one answer. There's no clear way to look at it because you have to take into account all the different factors, all the different agendas have taken place and been layered on top of each other. So, you know, that's why this question people are asking me, like, what do you think about this? I think a lot of things about it, but no, I, have no cl- I have no clear direction to give anybody. I've seen this social unraveling take place for the last at least 10 years in the United States. It probably started during the Bush mission. Yeah, it started earlier than that. It started during the 1970s when you had the media, which probably up until the 1970s, let's say the media was somewhat truthful, a little bit. But you have the Vietnam War, you have the war being broadcast in people's homes. And what was shown during the war was an ugly picture. It was very gruesome. And Americans turned against the war. So you have the Vietnam War happening, and people are seeing the realities of the war being fought. And there's lots of mistakes being made in the way the war was conducted, and whether it was for good reasons, whatever. But you have people seeing the Vietnam War happening in their homes, and on their television every night, and they're disgusted by it. It's disturbing to them. And the general public turns against, the, the sentiment of the general public turns against the government in regards to continuing the uh, Vietnam War. And that was a big wake-up call to the U.S. government. Okay, you can't show the, you can't actually show what's happening. You have to show a filtered version of it. And that's probably when I would say hyper-reality first began, began to, that's when hyper-reality first truly established itself in the United States. When the government realized, the U.S. government realized that you can't show people the truth. You can't show people what's really happening. You have to show them the version that you want. That version is a simulation. But then that simulation, that simulated truth, that object, as a bodyguard would call it, that, uh, that object truth, that, you know, basically false, that, uh, that falsified truth, that becomes the thing that people base their opinions on and their beliefs on. And there's whole systems of thought built upon it. And it wasn't this the government that did this. It then became every other media outlet. It then became the idea of competing for the narrative. So it's not, this is not to say the U.S. government. The U.S. government is certainly guilty of many, many, many things. But they were the ones, they, the, the, the government apparatus, they were the ones that created sort of this hyper-reality situation. Um, and then everyone else followed suite. 
And then the media actually, in a way, became an opponent of the U.S. government eventually, um, which then puts us in a very weird situation because now you have the state apparatus competing against the media apparatus. Um, and you saw, for those of you guys who are listening to this, you probably remember during the first, or I'm sorry, the second Gulf War, the Iraqi War, when it started, it was all, uh, it was all victory. It was Bush on the aircraft carrier, and we won, and this is awesome, and America is the best, and so on and so forth. That was hyper-reality. That was not the situation. That was a simulated presentation of what you were being told to believe. And now we know all that's bullshit. And the U.S. government doesn't have that kind of power anymore. They can't bullshit the truth. But the media still can. Because you can't fact-check the simulation. You can't really fact-check the simulation unless you pay close attention to it. So I'm, I'm rambling a bit. But you get the idea of the stickiness of the situation that we're in. What do we do about this? There's nothing really to be done. The, the only way that this can resolve itself is through tribalization. You're going to have competing factions of people, competitive factions. You're going to have competitive tribes that emerge. And whether it's going to be at a state level or at a community level, at a neighborhood level, you're going to have people that realize that all you can do is look out for yourself. You and yours. That's it. That's all you got. You can't fix society at this point. It's too fractured. It's like trying to put back together broken glass. You can glue it, but it's broken. Now, if, it's, if the pieces are too small, there's no fixing it. So that's what I think about this. Um... I know that was very messy and unfocused, and I uh, stumbled and rambled a lot, but hopefully that gives you guys some sense of perspective. Or really, I should say that the way I try and view the world, and maybe this is the meta point as to being helpful, you have to view things as holistically and as broadly as possible. And you cannot think in binary frames. Very few situations are A or B. You know, this situation is very circumspect. Uh, you know, there's there's so many things taking place right now. So, I'm not really sure if that's really... That's not, <laughs> I'm trying to, like, wrap this up somehow. Like, so, so uh, blah, 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 motivation, inspiration. Yeah, I got nothing for... I, I have nothing in regards for that. Um, there's, I, there's nothing encouraging about this broadcast. You guys know I try and keep this shit raw. Like, I have nothing encouraging to say. The best thing you can do is take care, is take care of you and yours. Be physically healthy. Take care of yourself. Be prepared to defend yourself. And if you need to move or change your social situation and be in a safer place, do so. The United States is going to continue to get hot. The situation is not cooling down anytime soon. I'm not saying that there's going to be riots every night for the next three years, but any semblance of social cohesion that we thought we had, it's not existing anymore. The fracturing shall continue. Uh, so look out for yourself. Look out for yourself. Take care of yourself. Don't fall for bull bullshit. Be skeptical. And realize that there are multiple sides to every story. I will call that there. Um, if you guys, you know, if this is something that interests you guys, you want me to actually dive more deeply into any one of these topics, send me a message, let me know. Um, like I said, it's, it's such a, like a big subject to try to talk about and make sense of. Um, and I'm not one to try to philosophize it and, you know, tell you, like, this is the real version of what happened. I'm like, there is no real version. There's a shitload of versions, and none of them are going to win. They're just going to eat each other. So look out for yourself, guys. Be safe. Love you all. Talk to you all again.